Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Do you please join me in welcoming David Mel as they come? Good morning. Wow, there's a lot of people here. (laughs) Um, We are really excited to be with you this morning. We are Dave and Mel Berg, and yeah, we've been serving with MB Mission, or Multiply, now for about the past 10 years, something like that, first in Central Asia and now in Austria. So there's a lot of faces here that I do recognize, but there's a lot that I also don't. So chances are there's a lot of you who don't recognize us. Um, By way of introduction, I am a Leamington girl at heart. Uh, My maiden name was Bartel, so I'm gonna let you figure out who I belong to. (laughs) I grew up on the seventh concession. I sat in these exact same benches every Sunday for most of my life. I spent equal amounts of time in Wilf and Al Jansen's house with their daughter, Christy, as I did in my own home. Uh, I spent summers working at Thiessen's Apple Orchards or Hubert's Blueberry Patch, and um, of course, one week at Camp Crossroads every summer. Uh, It's always fun for me to come back to my roots and just connect, uh, connect with family and friends. Uh, We have three kids. Michaela is 15, uh, Brooklyn is 13, and Josh is 11. And they love when mom tours them around Leamington and shows them all the cool places I used to hang out. (laughs) So we've been doing that a little bit in the last couple of days. Uh, But I'll let you, they're not, uh, Michaela will come up a little later, but I'll let you connect with them after the service. You can talk to them about what kind of languages they've been learning. They have a few under their belt already. And uh, you can ask them what their favorite international foods are. So there's some conversation pieces for you. Um, So Michaela and Brooke and Josh, uh, we now live in Austria, close to Linz, Austria. Michaela, Brooke and Josh go to the international school. Uh, Every day they take a train and then a tram to school on their own. This is what majority of the students do. I was terrified at first to let them go, but uh, they do it like like pros and uh, they can navigate their way throughout the city on their own now. We have been on a journey, our family. When I reflect back over the past 10 to 15 years, yeah, I often just shake my head in awe. I'm forced to, I'm often forced to return back to that one single moment when uh, Dave and I were living in Saskatoon, a couple years after we were first married, um, and God was working in our hearts. Um, He was stirring things up, and... um, It was a process, but God was calling us as a couple, as a a family, uh, to surrender. That one simple word, to surrender. Um, We were at a care group one night, I'll never forget. We were at a care group just praying, what was God, what what was he asking of us? He was changing things up in our life, and uh, we were asking him where he was directing us. 
and he gave us a verse which significantly changed uh, the direction of our life, and that was Psalm 34, 4, uh, which says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And that verse changed the course of our, of our life. We had been living in Saskatoon, uh, working at a church, and... Um, God was calling us into something different. He was calling us to a life of surrender, um, not to a specific place, but to be willing to let go, uh, to be willing to completely trust in him, regardless or whatever he was going to lead us into, uh, to let go of fear, which was really difficult for me. Um, and yeah, that began our journey. That moment led us into uh, training with MB Mission, or now with Multiply. It led us into uh, to Central Asia for about seven years. We were on a journey, it was exciting. Then in early September of our seventh year in Central Asia, we were called into the foreign police station and told our visas would no longer be renewed. That was it. And so that led us on a different journey, spending a good or a couple of months trying to figure out how can we stay, what can we do? Um, but God was changing the direction. Um, and we were forced to leave the country. That was probably one of the most difficult times in, in our lives up to this point, I would say. Our faith was challenged. Uh, our boat was significantly rocked. Um, and we were at a place where we wondered if we, did we, had we even heard him? Had we even heard God correctly? Like, were those seven years, what was, yeah, that was one of the most difficult times for us. However, over time, God, he continuously brings us back to that initial call on our life, which was to surrender. And, um, yeah, that has surrendering means being willing to you know okay he was changing he was changing the path and we needed to surrender to that and be willing to go where he was leading us next so that uh, believing that God had a plan and that he was directing our steps uh, we ended up now in Austria for the past two years um, we are still working in church planting and um, serving with among refugees and immigrants in Austria and continuing to work with uh, Brother Hakan uh, who from Central Asia who I think probably a lot of you have met. So we have been on a journey, we still are on a journey and Dave will share a little more. Yeah it's interesting how God calls us each to our own specific journey. He's put a path in front of us that we are following, and I'm happy that my path intersected with a Leamington girl about 20 years ago, because um, that makes life all the more better when you're hanging out with someone from Leamington. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so 20 years ago, God intersected our journeys, and although our journeys are fairly parallel, there's always things that God does um, in each of our lives to change our perspective, to change uh, the way we think. And so even though we journey together, there's often different perspectives that come into our lives that shape the way we think and the way we act. And each of us here this morning are also on a journey, 
And God has given us each an assignment in our journey that he wants us to accomplish. And sometimes they're big assignments, sometimes they're little assignments, sometimes there's multiple assignments in each day. You know, I'm supposed to go encourage this person, I'm supposed to pray for this person. And so we're given assignments, and sometimes the assignment is big, and it's a pivotal time in our, in our journey. And so just because uh, you guys can preach better to each other, why don't you lean over to your neighbor and say, God has given you an assignment. It's much better coming from someone from Leamington than from someone out west, so you guys will have to help me out here a little bit. So two and a half years ago on our journey, God, it was one of these pivotal assignment changes that God put in our path. And it was a, a time in our journey where, you know, some of the things we thought were being switched, some of the ideas or the perspectives we had were being readjusted. And so it was a time when these pivotal times come in our faith journey, in our life journey, there's an opportunity for us to readjust our worldview, or there's an opportunity for us to get really bitter and say, ah, that's way too outside. Outside my thinking, outside my, my belief system, outside everything. And so our hearts can go, go to that bitterness really quickly. And <clears throat> this was a case in my own life uh, when, when we got called in, and I could feel that, you know, God, what, what's going on here? And I could feel that bitterness starting to creep up. And so I was reminded of the message that Jesus started preaching in his ministry. I, I was reminded of John the Baptist, what his message was, and what was their message right right out of the book of Matthew, one of the first chapters, what did they start to preach when they started their ministry? Repent. Because the kingdom is near. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And this, from my understanding, is a biblical, it's a heavenly worldview. So it's a lens that we must always be looking through when we're, we're looking at a situation. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And so with that realization, I started checking the, the bitterness that was growing in my heart, and I said, okay, I need to repent of that, because God is bigger, his plan is bigger. You know, I have no idea why he led us in one direction to reroute us to another direction. But I know that his kingdom is near, and that's the perspective that I need in this situation. And so as we come to these pivotal points in our journey, which we'll all face sometime or another, maybe it's a little thing here or a little thing there or a big thing there, but we always need to be aligning our thoughts, aligning our perspective to that heavenly worldview, which is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So repentance is, is just that. It's, oh man, my attitude is not quite aligning with how God wants me. So I need to realign. Is there sin there? I need to confess that sin and change my thought pattern so that it's aligned with what God wants me to be thinking. Okay, repent. That's what repentance is. And why do we repent? For the kingdom of heaven is near. 
And many of you have probably heard the already not yet principle of the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's already come because Jesus came, died on the cross, and rose, rose from the dead. So the kingdom is already here, but it's not yet fulfilled because Jesus says he's coming back. And that's going to be an amazing day. It's going to be awesome when Jesus comes back in fullness to complete the kingdom is near. It's actually right here. Okay, the kingdom of heaven is already in each of us because God has given us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And yet we have this physical body, so it gets sick, it has disease, I get old, I grow out instead of up. Okay, so the, the kingdom of heaven is already come because of the spirit he's given within me, but it's not yet here because I'm still living within this physical body. And so when Jesus comes, he's going to make all things new. And so perfection takes a lifetime plus a day, or the return of Christ, whichever comes first. And so as we journey, we need to take these pivotal times these assignments that God has given us, and always make sure we're aligning our perspective through a heavenly, a worldly perspective, which is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And this is a part of my journey, and it's a part of our journey, and it's, a th it's something that needs to be worked out every day. Every morning you wake up, every time you say something stupid to your kids or get angry at them and they're nodding their heads. You know, God, why did I get angry? Why couldn't I have self-control? And so we're always looking at the kingdom of heaven and how it can draw near. And so one of, the, one of my roles, one of our roles, is to continue working with Hakan and his ministry. Many of you have met him. And so there's a team of about four or five people in Central Asia there planting a church. And they're looking to plant their third church in fall. And so it's moving to the other side of the city. And so in my role, I help manage that team a little bit and help connect that team with the church in North America. And so Hakan was here, I don't know, a year ago or something like that. And you heard a little bit from him, his ministry, his story, to encourage you and to also get you to pray for this guy. So we're thankful that this church is praying for his ministry and our ministry. And so we travel around. This is his church name on the screen there. And uh, they are on the, on fall, in fall, they're looking at starting their third church. On the other side, right now, there's about 14 people, and they want it to be at about 20 before they actually find a building and start a, a church work there. And this is an important picture. It's, it's a bit far out, but this is myself and our two teammates that went originally to Central Asia. And one of the times when Hakan was traveling here to Canada, he brought the three of us up. We were all together. And Hakan said it was a gathering of many different churches. And he said, thank you, Canadian churches, for sending out workers. Thank you for sending workers to my country. Thank you for sending workers to work alongside of us and not blaze their own trail, but to 
humbly come and work alongside nationals. And so I extend that from him today. Thank you so much for being a church that's willing to send people out. Thank you for being a church that's willing to pray for people who are out. Thank you for going into your own community and sharing God's love with so many people here in Leamington. So one of the most effective tools in Hakan's ministry right now is media. And so he'll record a lot of different programs which will go on satellite or which will go online. And so you could go right now online and look at some of his, his uh, media presentations and you would probably understand everything because all of you speak uh, Turkish really good. So you could probably understand everything. And so one day there was a family in Eastern Central Asia and they were flipping through the satellite television and they came across this program. And so there was a family of four people there and their son, who was laying in the back of the room, had been sick for two to three years. He had something that no doctor could figure out and he was, had been dealing with this for two, or two to three years. And as Hakan ended his program, he often takes time to just pray a blessing or a benediction and often he'll include in there a prayer for the sick or prayer for healing or emotional comfort for somebody. And as he was praying this, uh, the son in the back got up off of his bed and was completely, completely better. So praise God. Yeah, praise God. And so in the morning, this family phoned Hakan and said, we listened to your message what happened, like what, what is this? Like our son just got, got better. And so Hakan was able to talk to them and the four of them in their family uh, knelt down and gave their lives to Jesus. And so it was a pivotal moment in this family's journey where the Holy Spirit comes and completely changed their worldview, completely interrupted their life and said, this is real. So it was a pivotal worldview change in their journey, and it was because God's using tools like media today to reach the places that are hard to reach. And so many of the, the countries in that area are hard to reach places. And so the tool given us through media is an effective tool for outreach. So right now, Hakan and his church, they're looking at renting the room beside their church and converting it into a media, a place to do their recordings. So right now they have to rent out a space, cost quite a bit of money, they're rarely able to get in there because it's, there's so many people uh, reserving it. And so they wanna convert a room into a media room so they can up the ante a little bit with their media project. So you can pray for that project that, that it would be used effectively and that many people across the country would be would be reached with that. So this morning I also wanted to look a little bit at the Apostle Paul because the Apostle Paul was on a journey and he hit one of these pivotal moments and then his journey was significantly changed. And so if, actually, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Philippians 3. If not, thanks to technology, it's on the screen. Philippians 3, 
verse 5. So Paul is speaking, and he says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever was for my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And so we'll pause there just for a second. So here we have Paul, who in terms of a Judeo worldview or a Jewish worldview, he had it all. Look at this list, he's just, he's kind of bragging a little bit here. Circumcised on the eighth day, Hebrew of Hebrews, Benjamite. I mean, he is probably had most of the Old Testament, or at least large chunks of the Old Testament memorized because he was a Pharisee. He knew all the law. And so all any Hebrew or any Jew that was reading this was like, oh, this guy's got it all together. Like, he's a big deal. He's like a super cool guy. Not only was he a super cool guy in terms of the Jewish worldview, but he had dual citizenship, which meant he was also a Roman citizen, which meant that he had the right to a fair trial, because he was a Roman. And so he had like the best of both worlds. So he had it made. Man, woof. He had all sorts of worldly authority. In fact, when Stephen uh, was martyred for the, f the first martyr, they were laying their clothes down in front of Paul, Saul at the time, because he was a man of authority. He was given letters of authority to go persecute the church around all the places, to Damascus, because he had all this authority. And then all of a sudden, in Acts chapter nine, what happens? He's on his way to Damascus, and boom, He's on this important journey with all sorts of authority, and what happens? He has an encounter with Christ, and his journey is completely changed. Jesus lets him be blind. He goes into Damascus, hears the gospel, and then he's in this weird place because the Jews don't really like him anymore. He's kind of lost all of that standing because he just kind of went off the rail. All the Christians think he's a lunatic because he's been persecuting the church all this time. So he's in this weird place. His family's probably like, what happened to this guy? Lots of people that we deal with in Central Asia, when, when this starts to happen, their families are like, you're not my son anymore. You're not my daughter anymore. You've went totally wacko. And so Paul's in this weird place. And it actually says in Galatians 1 that he goes into, into another place for three years and just learns from Jesus. Just learns. And it's a time when he's, his whole worldview now is being readjusted to a heavenly worldview. Kingdom of heaven is near. And I believe it's in that time when he can write this. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ. And for me, in my North American worldview, like, this is great. I want, I want to know Christ. I want to know him. Great. The power of his resurrection. Amen. I want to know the power of his resurrection. And the, f hey, wait a second. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Okay, so this is where I get a bit, hmm, really? Because I know how Jesus died, so becoming like him in his death, sharing in his sufferings. So let's go now over a few books to 2 Corinthians. Sorry, I don't actually have it on the screen this time. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 24 to 29. So Paul now has this incredible, pivotal moment, and his authority changes from a worldly authority, and God gives him a heavenly authority. But it comes at the cost of, of great things. But this heavenly authority, Paul sees people raised from the dead. He see, sees sick people getting healed. He sees the gospel spreading throughout the Roman Empire. And 2,000 years later, we're sitting here because of a movement that he had a huge influence on. But this heavenly worldview also has some costs involved. And 2 Corinthians 11, verse 24. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 24. Five times, Paul says, I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, I spent a night and a day in open sea, I have been constantly on the move, I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled, and have got often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn? And so this pivotal moment in Paul's life allowed him to be engaged in kingdom work. His worldview had shifted. He had gotten this heavenly authority, and he was willing to pay the, pay the price of it. He had counted the cost of the kingdom of heaven. And so as we journey, oftentimes in my own life, uh, worldview, how I view the world or how I view how things should be, is it readjusted or shifted? And sometimes my worldview actually blocks what God has for me because I'm not able to think outside of how I think things should be. And so oftentimes it's a daily, a daily choice. Mel talked about God calling us to surrender. This is a daily choice that we sometimes win and sometimes fail. Sometimes I wake up and say, God, I'm surrendered to you.
Other days, I'm being honest and vulnerable here. Other days, I wake up and think, I don't really want to surrender to you today. I think I just want to live my life a little bit more the way I want to live it. And then when God gets a hold of me again, then I need to repent for God's kingdom is near and say, no, God, I want to surrender to you. Forgive me for those times when I, I live my life for myself. So one of the other roles that we have right now is we're planting a church in Austria among the same uh, ethnic group that we worked with before. And so here is our, uh, one of the services we had. Oftentimes we will have the service translated from German into Turkish, Farsi, and Arabic. And so there's different people that are attending and different migrants that are coming into Europe. We know the migrant, the rise in migration over the last few years. And so there's millions and millions of people coming into Europe and into Canada and into the States and into Austria. And so here is one of our services. Of course, like, like Mennonites, Middle Easterns need food for good fellowship. And so we often have a meal together and our service goes uh, well into the evening because we need a great meal. And also there's lots of kids that are coming and attending. And I just wanted to share one, <clears throat> I just wanted to share one quick story about someone in, our con in the group there. His name is Birkan. He came from one of these Middle Eastern countries and him and his family were living there. Uh, he has two young sons, his wife, and in their village, one day it was attacked by uh, a terrorist group and wiped out a lot of the village. And Birkan and his son saw things that no person should ever have to see. And so they decided that they were gonna take their family and move migrate to Europe. And so when I first met him, it was at a church picnic, and although he spoke English, it was really hard to understand. He often held his head down like this, and, and he would never look me in the eye, and he was all fidgety all the time. Just a broken man, and who wouldn't be after seeing some of the things that he saw? And so throughout that year, he was experiencing more and more of who Jesus was. And he went into baptismal classes and he was baptized a year later. And when he got up to share his testimony, he stood straight up, big smile on his face and shared the things that God had done for him. And when he came out of the water, he had both of his hands in the air, biggest smile on his face, and knew that this was a pivotal moment in his journey. And he was celebrating it because what God had done for him and taking a lot of the things that he had seen and making them clean. So about three weeks ago, we had a outreach event where Birkan's wife came all by herself and attended and we had someone speaking in Farsi. And so it was a clear presentation of the gospel in her own language 
that she could understand, and you could see her sitting there thinking, hmm, I saw the change in my husband. It's like night and day. Now I'm hearing what this change is all about. Oh, this is amazing. And so you can pray for his wife that she takes that step, that she has more God encounters that turn her life around and become these pivotal times in her journey. You can also pray for his son. So his son that saw some of the same things that he did, he's about nine years old, and he obviously deals with a bit of post-distress syndrome, and so he's, he kind of acts out. He, it's hard for him to sit still. He loves practicing the German colors with my wife because we're both trying to learn German, and colors is a great way to learn. Um, but he's very fidgety, and so he'll act out, and he'll run all over the place, and he'll get into all sorts of trouble. But one time, about two months ago, Birkan brought his son to a worship night, and it was a, an evening event. We were going to sing and, and read scripture for about an hour and a half, and Birkan came with his son. And he sat down beside Mel and I, and we kind of looked at each other and like, this, this guy is not going to make it through an hour and a half worship time. So, you know, like, sometimes we do. We take, we would try to control the situation and, okay, maybe we should get a coloring page or maybe we should figure out something that he can do to keep him busy, you know, like, da 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 Well, he sat through that worship time a lot better than I did. Um, and one of the songs that was sung is uh, Michaela and Mel are going to sing it. It's called, I was going to say still, which is the German for still. Um, but during this song, during that worship night, Birkan was standing with his hands raised towards God. And the song is about any time in my journey, the highs and the lows, God is carrying me. Whether it's those pivotal moments where, you know, I can feel the bitterness in my life start coming, whether someone's doing something wrong against me, whether my journey is what I want it to be or not, God's love and God's peace is carrying us through, is holding us up. And so Birkan, his life journey, he's seen incredible things, and he was standing there with his hands raised saying, when there's storms, when there's trouble, God is going to carry me through. And his, and his son was standing beside him, and he doesn't know any German, but he knows the spirit of what we're singing and the, and God, the God who we're singing to. And so as we go through our journey, as we're given God assignments, that sometimes feel really hard, sometimes feel easy. Let's know that there's a God that's giving us this worldview, that's supporting us, that's giving peace to us, that's leading us, who we can lead on. And so, Mel and Michaela, why don't you come up? And I'll just put the 
the challenge out there. As they sing the song, maybe there's in your own life, there's, you know, something that's happening. Maybe you feel you're in a valley or you're in a pivotal moment and you can feel kind of this kind of feeling or maybe some bitterness coming up. Just allow God to show you, direct you to those places that you might just need to repent of and say, God, I repent of this. I want to live for your kingdom and have that worldview and that perspective. So just let God speak to you and know that he is holding you through the valleys and through the good times.
Come on up, worship team. No? Okay. <laughs> All right. The worship team's just going to take five, and that's cool. We, I was totally aware that was happening. Uh, do you just want to jump on the keys, Leah? We're going to pray for the Bergs and uh, want to take some good time to bless them. And I, when I touched base with Dave, uh, and he just asked, do you want me to preach on anything in specific, any theme or anything? And I just said, whatever's in your heart. Uh, don't, we don't want, ever want to uh, assign that. And sometimes when that happens, just really cool God moments happen. And I imagine his words spoke to all of us today uh, in different ways. And I, as we're in this season at Meadowbrook and, uh, and whatever season you're in right now, uh, I am so consistently reminded in these days of the faithfulness of God uh, over and over and over again. And even in the past couple of weeks, as people in our church are walking through loss and walking through trials and walking through difficulties, difficulties, the faithfulness of God is showing up over and over and over again, even in the midst of these storms and trials. And as long as Jesus is Lord, nothing else matters, right? As long as he is Lord. And as long as our hope is grounded there, then we are going to be fine and you are going to be fine as we trust in his goodness, as we trust in his faithfulness. Uh, it was so encouraging to hear uh, from you guys today. And we want to take some time to bless the Bergs as they are home and as they are here. And so I'm going to invite the Berg family to come on up here. And any board members, any staff, any missions team members, um, any family certainly, uh, which you throw in there when you're at Meadowbrook, any family who wants to come up. And we're just going to lay hands hands on these guys and just pray and speak some blessing over them. Church, would you stand with me, please, in honor? Heavenly Father, thank you for the man and woman of God. Thank you for godly children. Thank you, Father, for your hand upon them. Thank you, Lord, for the call that you placed there all those years ago at that Bible study in Saskatoon, the way in which you shifted their hearts and shifted their minds and shifted their perspective and drew them into the calling and the gifting and the destiny that you had for them. Thank you, Father, for the strength of that call, which has persevered through the storms and the questions and the, the realignment and the curveballs of life. Thank you, Father, that the call remains strong because your word says the gift and call of God are irrevocable. And as one of their church families, we bless and affirm the call of God to the mission field and to the nations, Lord, as you use them in a foreign land in order to spread the gospel, to raise up leaders, uh, to teach people about Jesus, to encourage and plant churches. It is so amazing what you're doing through them. And as one of the many churches that support them, we just add all of our faith and all of our support and all of our hope behind them. As we look to you, King of kings and Lord of lords, as you are uh, calling all of us to mission, Lord, the great co-mission to bring the gospel to the world, that you come and you labor alongside us. It is a co-mission as the gospel spreads. We don't do it on their own. And so thank you that you have called them and gifted them. Thank you that you have filled them with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that your favor and your blessing are with them as they go. And we pray, Father, for increase in this next season, Lord, because of your kingdom and of your rule, there is no end. It is the ever-expanding kingdom of God. 
here on earth. And these guys are right at the forefront of it in Austria and in Turkey right now. So Lord, let your strength be with them. Let your favor be with them. Let your anointing be with them. Let more and more come to know Jesus. Let more and more leaders rise up. Let more and more churches be planted. Let more and more healings happen, Lord, and miracles as the gospel is proclaimed. Father, as they are faithful to step up, we thank you that you are faithful to provide. You are faithful to protect. You are faithful to lead and to, to plant and to do your work through them. And we just bless them, Father. We just love them and bless them and pray, Lord, that you will keep them safe in your arms and close to your heart as they walk in step with you. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you thank the Bergs for sharing today? Just a reminder as we close that we do have people up at the front who would be happy to pray for you. If you have need of anything at all, uh, it's confidential. We trust these people. We've trained them and released them to pray. And so we encourage you to come on up. Let me bless you quickly and then we will say good day. Father, thank you for everybody here. I pray, Lord, as we go, Holy Spirit, you will continue to speak to us. You will continue to unpack this message for us. You will show us our place, Lord, in this great commission. You will open our eyes to see hope and in, especially for those of us, Lord, who are in those storms, who are facing curveballs, who are struggling through our weeks, Lord, open our eyes to see where you are being faithful. Open our eyes to see where your goodness is breaking through, even in the midst of everything we might be facing, Lord. Strengthen us by your spirit and lead us in the way we should go this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Meadowbrook. Have a wonderful week.